All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome to the Why Jesus podcast, episode 11, answering life's most important questions. I have my brother, Angel Keyrose, with me, and today we're going to be discussing a few Christian things that are going on in politics and the news today. So, Angel, what's up, brother? How you doing? Good to be here, man. I'm, I'm happy and excited, as always, to just chat with you online and uh, especially on YouTube here. Yeah, likewise. And uh, if you're listening to this on uh, the streaming service after we, uh, you know, the audio only, I just want you guys to know that Angel is way more handsome than I am. So if you're if, just in case <laughs> I, I you're wondering, say, you know, I will say that I'm um, I'm definitely taller than John suspected. So. <laughs> <laughs> that I can say. And also, for those of you listening, I live in Puerto Rico. We just moved into a house, and I just set up a quick, uh, like, makeshift studio. So the soundproofing ain't on point, and our neighbor's mm. dogs are insane. So if you hear that, I tried to buy those, you know, frequency things where if they bark, it sends off a frequency, and they stop barking. Has not right. worked. Our dogs next door are super dogs. So, um, nice. yeah. So if you hear that. That's what that is. And also, if you hear cookies in the background, just letting you know. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's get right into it. Uh, let me pull this up right here. I, I, I can't share it on the screen because I'm not that technically savvy yet. But okay. uh, what recently happened is Texas advanced a bill requiring the Ten Commandments to be displayed in public school classrooms. Yeah. So... This, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously has to go through the, um, the House and everything like that. But the legislation is Senate Bill 1515, and uh, it's going to head to the House for consideration. So before we discuss this, uh, Texas Republican Senator Phil King, what an what a epic name, Phil, Phil King, King. yeah, <laughs> uh, said during a committee hearing earlier this month that he wanted the state to bring the Ten Commandments back into the classroom because they are a crucial part of the American heritage. The bill will remind, will remind students all across Texas of the importance of the fundamental foundation of America, King said during the hearing, according to the Texas Tribune. So I have, uh, I have my own opinions on this. Um, so just so you guys that are listening know, me and Angel did not discuss how we felt about you know this legislation prior to hopping on here. So right. um, I'm going to give one of my opinions on this, and then uh, you know hopefully you could you could piggyback off that. But I, uh, I number one, I appreciate uh, the recognition that this country was founded on uh, you know biblical Judeo-Christian values, specifically Christian um, values, right? And not to say that every one of the founding fathers was a Christian, you know, some were deists, um, but this is where we got the Constitution from, right? Yep. So the, the all men are created equal, that's a biblical concept that was unheard of before, you know, a Judeo-Christian worldview started influencing the world, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the monarchy and the kings and, and the dictatorships and... and you know, the, the rulers of nations, those were the ones who were above everyone else. And America did, you know, flip the script and said, no, we're all equal. Even the people who are in charge were, are equal with the people who are not. So I appreciate that. Um, where my concern comes in is mandating 
in the public area something religious, right? Okay. Um, not to say that the principles aren't universal. And, you know, this is, I'm a Christian, so I don't say this without, like, wrestling with it in my mind. I would love to be like, yeah, I, I do think that it is a good idea for everyone in public school, private school, this school, that. I think everyone should know what the Ten Commandments are and what this country was founded on. I definitely do, but where my fear comes in is people using this now as a um, as a tool to, to say, hey, well, if you're going to put your religious stuff up, we want to put our religious stuff up too. And then also, right. it just doubles down on the, you see how oppressive a, a religion Christianity is forcing their religion on people in the public sphere. So th- those are my concerns about, um, you know, about this. So what are your thoughts? I think that's already happening. You know, I think um, the concerns that you have have already, you know, been existing in our culture. So, you know, I work at Project Veritas. I think it's the first time I'm saying this on on Why Jesus, but just shut uh, everything down. We have just got demonetized. (laughs) But the reason I bring that up is because the stories that we've been doing a lot have to do with teachers and schools and principals and schools that have this incredibly liberal far left mindset and their political views are of that and they use that in order to change the culture of the schools by changing the teachers of the schools by changing the rules in the schools and just because something doesn't fall under the umbrella of religion doesn't mean that it doesn't affect people morally and i think that's the big discrepancy here right because to me you want to legislate that every classroom has to have 10 commandments in it uh the 10 commandments in it i don't see that as a big deal Really, like I think considering the roots of our country, considering the fact that the Ten Commandments are are more than a religious, you know, couple Bible verses for me. I, I think it's something that needs to be um, it's the foundation of our civilization, right? Just those rules in general. It's what we've used in order to provide moral clarity so that we can all be on the same page about living in proximity to each other. And so because of that, I think it's less, it's less about like, okay, well, this is going to open the door to more, you know, people legislating other types of religion in schools. And I think it's really just about reclaiming what was originally um, something that was supposed to be traditionalist in the first place, which is education. I think Mm -hmm. the education system altogether, it was, it was started by, believers it was started by this you know the the board of ed that we have in our country now is no more than like 60 70 years old before that you know in uh, education uh schools that was all handled by by individual communities and dating back into when they started they were mostly religious to begin with so i think it's it's kind of a false dichotomy to say like oh well then if we do this then maybe they're going to start legislating let's say satanism in the schools because it's all that's already happening yeah. you know so i think unless we start fighting back in this way um you know we can just kind of kiss that goodbye and all send our kids to homeschool yeah i mean i'm down with the homeschool thing 100 <laughs> percent um and so i i didn't have that perspective of uh you know thinking about what's already happening in the schools i didn't take that part into consideration when coming to my conclusion of you know this could open the door to, you know, X, Y, Z. I haven't came to the conclusion whether it's good or bad that they want to do this. Um, I just, uh, I have a, I have an issue with legislating anything that is, um, 
you know, that can be looked at as religious, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't mean, uh, you know, I, I do think we should legislate uh, Christian morals. Uh, I definitely do because it, if we don't, this whole thing's going to fall apart. Um, so how we do that is we get believers into power and then, you know, the, the believers, uh, you know, they, they take our votes and then, then our votes move things in a, in a more Christian direction. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I do think that we need to be influencing um, politics in that way. Martin Lloyd-Jones said uh, his job as a preacher, you know, when it came to politics was to create Christians so that way the Christians go into the political sphere and yeah. influence the politics and bring Christian values. So, you know, I, taking into consideration what you're saying about what's already going on with the school system, I can understand the um, the want to do this, yeah. you know, and the uh, the need to be like, hey guys, you're you're taking this a little bit too far, you know. <laughs> and I'll we give need you an example of back. what I mean by that because I, I think like. It, it, we can use examples to, to clarify. There was a teacher in Natomas, in a Natomas School District in California who was um, who had a classroom full of flags. One of the flags was a, was the gay flag. Another flag was the trans flag. And another flag was the Che Guevara flag. And then a, uh, um, a, uh, a communist, what's this guy? Uh, Xi Jinping flag, right? And um, these are I all- I saw this video these are all hung up in his classroom and he would use the 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 mao uh stamp on kids papers if they did a good job and kind of use that as a way to like give them uh props on what they're doing and some of the kids complained to him and now we there's undercover video that project veritas released that shows this this teacher talking about the kids that were complaining and he's saying well, if, if these values that these people stood for make you feel uncomfortable, then maybe you're the type of person that shouldn't be in this school or, or, or be allowed in this society anyway. And, and to me, it's already so far off the cliff with, with these radical gender ideology mm -hmm. things and, 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 and this radical political agenda in the schools. I think it's, such, it's at such a point that the fact that this bill has even gotten this far to me is, is astounding. Because I, I personally don't think it's even going to pass. I don't think the House is going to pass it, to be honest. Um, but I do think the fact that people are trying to push this into legislation, I think, is, is, is a good thing. And I think it's an example of what you were mentioning earlier, which is Christians coming to power and, and, and steering, thing, steering things back towards a general direction. I mean, I know I grew up in Catholic school, but even in, in my public school, when I did go into high school for two years publicly, you know, the golden rule was written on the chalkboards, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the Ten Commandments were written in places because it's just like I said before, just common sense uh, morality, right? It's where we get this idea of like society says it's OK. Well, yeah, because our society was built on the Ten Commandments. So. I, that's kind of my argument, and it's, an, it's a short example of, of well, something. You've, like you've already uh, swung me in your direction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just taking into consideration the, um, you know, the environment that the schools are already in, you know, yeah. and and people pulling this whole separation of, ch of church and state thing uh, when, when it comes to religion but they treat their ideologies like a religion you know more like right. a more like a cult because 
if you don't agree with the cult, then you're ostracized, you're kicked out, you're tarnished, you're attacked. If we, if you know, if we just saw the the Riley Gaines incident, where yes. you know she just went to to speak at this event and she was f- physically attacked and essentially uh, held captive. She missed her flight, um, yeah. and the police did absolutely nothing except wait yeah. for you know wait for a good moment to get her out, and. So I do, I do agree with you. It's already, you know, we're already at that tipping point. Why yeah, not? And, and Why not John push Rue, back with some, is, ten, with some Ten Commandments? Exactly. Uh, John Root, who did a lot of uh, coverage on that, um, he's from Turning Point Faith. Um, that he he mentions a lot how profound it is that it's not even just the education system, but like the the athletic systems within the education system that are becoming more and more. Um, I guess you could say sympathetic or emboldening of causes like this, the idea of transgender uh, people who are becoming women uh, to compete against women, men, people that are born men becoming women to compete against women. That was whew, that was hard to say. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but if you're following me, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of those people uh, <laughs> that are doing this and it's being advocated for by school boards, by teachers, by principals, by all these people. And so it feels like you're pinned into a corner where it's either like, you know, like just get rid of the whole board of education and, and get rid of, you know, the education system in America and homeschool your kids or fight back somehow. Yeah. And I think if we're going to fight back, I think, sure, little things like that are fine. And, and I'll even go as far as to say, like, the, the bill itself also wants people to have allotted time for people to pray in school and to read scripture in school. And I think that is a cool thing because, I mean, even teaching the Bible as, a, as an option in, in elementary schools, in public schools, would be a huge leap into the right direction because they're not getting any exposure to any Christian values right now in, mm-hmm. in, in public schools. I mean, maybe in Texas, but definitely not up here in Jersey, in New York, in, in, in California. It's not even an option. Like the Bible is an outdated document that we don't know if it's real. And I've, and I've asked kids who are in my congregation in, in church, like, what are you learning in school? And it's always some stuff about Columbus is a racist and he, you know, he was a slave owner and he didn't actually discover America and America is not a Christian nation. It's actually very inherently racist and all these things that, you know, deserve conversations, but they're getting one side of the conversation. And so I think like that's that's the biggest problem we have with education is we've put activists in charge with it of it and just let it run. Yeah, that's a that was bars right there. We put activists in charge of it and just let it run. Um, and it's it's no longer like even when community members come in and voice their opinion, it's like they're shunned. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're kicked out. Uh, you remember that one that one guy who was losing his mind because his daughter was you know essayed. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's it. Demonetized. Um, you know, <laughs> his daughter was was a, sexually attacked in yeah. in the bathroom uh, from. Uh, a man well, from a, a boy who was dressed like a girl and identifying as a girl and then he's looked at as like he's crazy or whatever and then you find right. out it was actually true but they're silencing these people and uh so yeah you have definitely opened my mind to it i was looking at it as like a binary situation oh man there's that word i was base, looking at it base pilled now. <laughs> yeah yeah but i was looking at it through a very um you know because i i get in being in uh, apologetics and in talking to people who are more left leaning and in I hear their concerns with you know the the 
this uh, caricature of Christianity that they have created for themselves in their mind, um, yeah. as well as many people on the far right perpetuating that caricature in in actual existence, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It um. Uh-huh. So I just I'm like, oh man, here's another thing that I'm gonna have to you know be apologetic about and 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 get people to hear what the heck um, is actually going on and and show how That's this an interesting point like and and to your point there is those characters on the right that are, are that are speaking that and so the, people use the term fringe a lot right and mm-hmm. and if you think about like just the the definition of the word fringe like the fringe of something is the very edge of it and on the fringe of the right there are those people on the very edge very few people there's like a couple big names in the whole thing that do believe in this like we need to return to christian not only nationalism but imperialism by force take back the country and kick out all the immigrants and do like people like that right there are those people but it's very fringe whereas on the left it's mainstream like the mainstream left the president of the united states is like let's trans the kids yeah this is this bananas is they're setting themselves up though for a complete failure um yeah. in the next election like it doesn't matter what republican runs against them they mm-hmm. have they have damaged um oh yeah the the general uh the general approval of the american people um absolutely so all right we could stay on this topic for a very long time um yeah. you know we we definitely could because it just it goes down the rabbit hole of uh of this but i want to bring it back to what you said um about how Christianity is the reason that there is public education. You know, yeah. the the first public schools weren't public schools. They were for you to be able to learn the Bible, right? Yeah. And and then math got included in science and all this, but this was still done under the the Christian umbrella, you know, yeah. with we need kids to be able to interpret and read scripture and know the values uh, that we are that we are to live by. We also need them to be educated in math and and this stuff so that way they're they're, you know, they're well-rounded individuals, and and here we are, you know, over two hundred years later, now where the the Christianity has been so removed from it that is now state. It's it's yeah. it's all state, state, state. And when now that things are handed over to the state, it's like yeah, well, you can't have any religion in anything right. that's ran by the state, right? I think it's an, always an interesting fact to bring up that the the board of education in America is an invention by a president in the, in the, like the 60s and before that there, every state just handled what they had to do as far as education went every town talks about what they wanted their school to be like and every state talked about what they wanted their their school system to be like and, and it was very much decentralized very much state run because education is has to deal with children and the direct people responsible for children are their parents and we've we've removed the ability for parents to have any say over what their kids are learning six hours a day yeah and that to me is like an insane thing and you know i talked with arthur about this who's a good friend of the show i think he's on my jesus a bunch um and i know john he's been on your channel um but he has he has similar critiques and and i'm i'm definitely more political than he is i'll I'll, I'll give him that uh but you know that he homeschools his kids and that's kind of why he thinks he can provide a better education for his children than than the state of california can and trust me i don't have any doubts about that yeah 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 i was uh i was listening to ruslan uh the other day and he was like yeah we he's like i bust my butt to to you know 
homeschool my kids. Like that's what we do out here. You know, if, if you want your kids to have um, Christian values and especially it just makes absolutely no sense, um, period, to remove a child from the care of, you know, at least the mother for yeah. six to eight hours a day getting influenced by God knows We've who. We've gotten so used to that, right? Like yeah. that's become such a normal part of like American life that kids are away from their parents the majority of the day. Yeah. That to me, like, you know, growing up, I never even thought about it, but the more I like dive into this and I, I become more interested in history, the more I'm like, no, families used to raise their children and put them to work early to help with whatever they were doing in, on the farm or whatever their family trade was. And the, fa- and the father spent most of their time teaching the child the trade and the mother yeah. teaching the, the, you know, the daughter, whatever. Um, but it's just we're so far removed from kind of the natural rhythm and flow of life that we we have this state-run country that that inserts itself into every little crevice that we allow it to and it just spreads yeah and it was originally designed to to have more control to the states like that right. was the, that was the purpose it was originally designed that way so that way the people local to the area who knew what was best for that area would have more control than the government and the government was there to support that uh, right. you know the, the federal government was there to support those decisions and to help them if you know something crazy happens right that's right the government was there uh to be to leave you alone unless you really needed some help that <laughs> yeah to protect you from war pretty <laughs> yeah, much yeah exactly you know um and what's interesting is as we're talking about this before we move on to the next subject is i notice a big difference between people who are you know a few generations already in the states than mm. people who you know maybe are one generation from you know immigrants right where yeah let's say you know let's say your parents right i don't even know i don't know mm-hmm. if your parents are immigrants my but parents are just, from peru yeah for, from peru all right i'm sure yeah. you guys have a much more close-knit family environment than some of your friends who have been in the states two three four generations right yeah and that's something that I've noticed. It's also something that I, I appreciate about uh, my wife's family a lot. Not that I don't appreciate my family's together, you know. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. But there's a, a big difference, right? There's a there's a difference in the culture of the family being together, and yeah. I, I've noticed that huge, huge. I've noticed it be, with people who are, um, you know, more new to the country. They they have that. Um, that we are raising everybody together, we are sticking together uh, mentality more than people who are a few generations removed. Yeah, let me tell you, you're hitting a spot for me because it's it's very triggering to see, like in particular, first generation Latino Americans um, constantly be like almost deceived by politics today and, and the beliefs that they're supposed to have because they're brown, when in reality, we we line up culturally we line up way more with conservative values and way more with things that are happening on the right you know like not not getting taxed to death and not um you know not departing like spreading apart the family at almost as soon as possible like i remember telling like i i grew up with you know in in the suburbs so i grew up around a lot of white kids i was one of two you know brown kids in my class growing up in elementary school and i remember telling some of my friends that like i had cousins and stuff that still lived at home and they were adults and they lived with their parents but they weren't married yet and it was the most foreign like com- like complicated hilarious thing to them the idea that you wouldn't move out at 18 because you know you just 
just because you're 18. And so there's this huge disconnect with this first generation of of Latinos that are come that that you know were born here and their parents are immigrants where they see what their parents have and the culture and, and the the values that their parents hold and they see the opposite being sold to them but because we're living in such a time where media and propaganda is so powerful they're eating up the propaganda and and almost getting separated from their families and being forced to become these liberal latin x type you know activists and and to me that's just the sad reality of where we're at especially here in new jersey you know yeah it, it's it's interesting um you know I, I would i would love to um ask a, a bunch of different parents questions you know of, yeah. of like hey when you guys left your home country and came here for a better life did you ever think that your kids would hate america <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great question man you know like i i think about what what my what my family did my mom coming here she lived in she was a nanny for years when she got here she lived in jamaica queens like in the hood and this is in the 80s so like it was not pretty it wasn't gentrified yeah <laughs> and and just the thinking supreme, about the, the supreme team yeah and thinking about the sacrifices that they made in order to like have me in the suburbs growing up going to a catholic school and have and being able to ride my bike around town you know going from going from poverty in peru poverty in new york city to where i'm at today i'm just like this is this is a dream come true it must be it must feel really great for them and i can't imagine being the type of person that looks at my parents who are immigrants and they're like oh this uh, you brought me to a racist country (laughs) it's like bananas it's like (laughs) Also, what what I find funny, too, is that, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, you brought me to a racist country, not realizing that, you know, the country you, you came from, probably a little racist, too. You ever yeah. watch you ever watch uh, novellas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there ain't no black people in novellas. That's true. Not That's a single true. single one. You know, like you there's a there's a shade limit on how dark you can be. And Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's interesting how unaware um people are and i used to be pretty unaware myself yeah. so you know we we uh, everyone needs to go check out angel's video um why he left the left what's the title of it yeah it's called why i left the left to walk away yeah. and uh it's hashtag walk away and it's one it's one of the first videos on my channel so if you go to it and you just go by most popular you'd change like the way the feed works um it, it, it should pop right up it's it's one of the first videos i did on youtube talking yeah, about politics very in-depth and and gives you a lot of good perspective um just on on the thinking patterns of coming out essentially of of uh the way that you once thought into how you think now so the renewal of the mind essentially yeah right absolutely um, all right moving on to the next subject uh so we had a lot of people today get fired or leave um <laughs> yeah you know they're, they're been a big yeah yeah so first what i'm going to start off with the lesser known of uh of all of them but also a shock um jeff okay. shells of nbc universal was um was fired for an inappropriate relationship with one of the um you know one of the staff members over there so hold on let me just read this right here Jeff Shell, the NBC Universal chief executive who stepped down from his role on Sunday, was fired from the company after an anchor at one of his news networks lodged a sexual harassment complaint against him, according to a lawyer for the author. So, you know, this uh, 
and I'm reading from the New York Times. So whenever I read about things that are happening to um, whether it uh, whether it's a conservative or somebody more liberal, I always read from the liberal stuff mm -hmm. just so nobody can say you're only reading from the, uh, you know, from the Daily Wire or something. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so like this is this is your guys saying it. So uh, let's uh, so we have that person who got fired. You know, MSNBC, mm -hmm. well, not MSNBC, this is NBC, right? Then we have CNN, um, where we hear CNN, Don Lemon yeah, is fired from CNN. And there was a, I was watching a, a quote, like he didn't even know he was getting fired. And, I can't lie, it's hilarious. Yeah, it, it is pretty funny. So um, yeah. you're you're way more um, in tune with the, the whole politics and, and CNN, Fox News, you know, you're in the news realm. So yeah. what are your thoughts on this on this whole, uh, you know, Don Lemon getting fired and make sure you guys listen and stay tuned because we're going to talk about Tucker Carlson leaving Fox and we got a video uh, that we're going to show that can give you some insight into maybe why he got fired. So, yeah, but first your, your thoughts on Don Lemon. Uh, Don Lemon is a funny one because CNN for for a long time has been you know the news that you can trust quote unquote that was their brand right when Jeff when Jeff Zucker took it over um, he was he's he's the one that pretty much started this idea of like a faux neutrality like we're neutral we're non biased um, because news I don't know if people really understand this about media it's it's very recent years i think since the anchorman started you know in the in the late 80s in the mid 80s that people have perceived the news as just being like non-biased and factual just giving you the facts before that pretty much all of journalism was partisan like it was people with political agendas reporting on their on their enemies and that's how you found things out um and so cnn becomes this huge behemoth <clears throat> And does this and then and somebody like Je Jeff Zucker takes the reins and he goes full woke co culture with it and he starts giving these people kind of uh, like autonomy to be you know, uh, commentary people and have opinions and um, you know they build people like like uh, Don Lemon the the interesting thing is Jeff Zucker recently maybe maybe about a year ago maybe a little bit more a little bit less give or take uh, Jeff Zucker left CNN and somebody new is 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 in charge now and so my gut instinct is that this has been in the works since that person took over CNN and they're trying to take it in a different direction because just just by working in at Veritas I'll tell you that CNN has never touched a story of ours unless it was to bash it and to bash the founder um, but after they changed ownership, they did cover one of our stories. It escapes my mind which, but they did cover it and they didn't, I mean, they still included their their, their typical like, you know, disclaimer of like, whether well, they're a far right, whatever, but they covered it, you know, and they spread the news. And I, th I thought that was a big step. So I, I get the feeling this has been in the works forever. They just made it, made it last and made him unaware of it so that he wouldn't go on television and start you know acting irrational and start doing i don't know if you've ever seen bruce almighty but acting like bruce almighty when he got fired <laughs> on the maid of the mist yeah <laughs> they had uh they had what the guy from 40 year old virgin uh speaking in tongues essentially yeah yeah uh, on air um yes so yeah from the little that i that i pay attention to that stuff i i noticed that they moved him around a lot yeah you know they took yep. him off prime time they moved him to a morning show then they moved him somewhere else and then they just moved him out um all together and i also remember reading that uh the new ceo uh wanted to take it in a new direction they they did yeah. not they wanted to go back to neutrality and not um 
you know, not have the narrative be so obvious, I, I guess you could say. Yeah. And even if, you know, they still have their agenda, which uh, to me, like for somebody to say they don't have an agenda is kind of dishonest, right? I think like yeah. everybody has some sort of agenda, some sort of bias. And so I think what they were trying to do is kind of just reset, like clear off the slate, just make sure like all of these people that we know are political activists, they need to go and we need to bring in new people that they we don't know if they are, are political activists or not. And so just kind of starting fresh in that way. And I think Don Lemon was a big part of that. He, he was the troublemaker. He is the guy that will tweet at people. He will, you know, go and bash people for being racist right to their face. And CNN has always covered him. So I think that was, I think, I think it was planned. I don't think it's some part of some big media conspiracy like a lot of people on the right are saying right now. Um, I just think people are way too dumb to, to follow in lockstep with that kind of a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on to probably the biggest news because you, know, you could kind of see the writing on the wall with Don Lemon. But um, yeah. uh, Tucker Carlson is hmm. out at Fox and he's not he's not even doing one last episode like he is he is gone, gone. his last episode was uh Friday so uh you know the Washington Post says Tucker Carlson is out at Fox after Dominion lawsuit disclosures so you know I, I think they're trying to tie it um together but you know before before we talk about um Tucker Carlson leaving. I want to play this video, and I sent it to to Angel a while ago. I actually covered it on my channel, um, but give me one sec. We're gonna play this video, and then we're gonna come right back to discuss. Maybe this is why um, Tucker Carlson was fired. Just give me one sec. Why is this not showing up? Oh, I put it on the desktop. That's why. <laughs> No, it's not there. What the heck are Give me one sec. It's all good. I thought I had it all lined up, ready to go. It's going to be a smooth, smooth transition. Nope. No, sir. <laughs> this is what we call production value. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. That's how you know it's live. All right, so keep talking. Yeah, so, so I can get this going. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess uh, I'll just continue with Don Lemon for a little for a little bit. Um, the other thing I wanted to add about him is that he is going to be able to do whatever he wants. Like he has built up so much credibility in this in this kind of woke media world. He he'll literally have his own show on any channel that that he wants, and and I think like that's probably why you know there's not a bigger stink being made about it by him that he's not going after anybody in you know retribution or anything like he's he's gonna be free he's a free agent now and i think there's gonna be plenty of other places that are gonna want to pick him up yeah i mean people like that same same thing with tucker carlson like he's gonna be able to do whatever go wherever um yeah. and people are gonna want to hear what he has to say he's also probably gonna write a book yeah <laughs> You know, yeah, I what, think Don Lemon will definitely write a book. I'll see. I'll be seeing it in the airport very, very yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so, hold on, this thing is sending right now. Speaking of books, commercial break. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming out with a book called Law of Attraction: Gateway Drug to Spiritual Heroin, where I debunk everything about the law of attraction. I expose the the lies, the logical fallacies, the um, 
the industry as well, exposing the nonsense that goes on in it. And you can pre-order your copy right now. It'll be available uh, on Amazon May 16th, but you can pre-order a signed copy right now. So if you're hearing this before April 17th, we're doing signed copies up until, I mean, April 27th, we're doing signed copies up until April 27th. After that, you'll just be able to pre-order, but I will not be uh, signing them. So make sure that you guys get your copy today. And with that being said, this thing, I think, is loaded up. So cool. When I, I, I was just to... checking the date so I could see how long I have to order the book so I could get a signed copy. So <laughs> you got a few days left. This is bananas. It just... Um... Like it just went over there, just went and, give me one sec, close this. Like it, it I saw it go to the computer, I saw it. And, um, and now it's not there. Let me see if I could just do this. Like that is a big part of go. the revelation that's changed my life is the media are part of the control apparatus. Like there's no yeah, I know, I know, because you're younger and smarter, and you're like, yeah, yeah. But what if you're me and you spent your whole life in that world, and to look around and all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, not only are they part of the problem, but I spent most of my life being part of the problem, defending the Iraq War. Like I actually did that. Can you imagine if you did that? <laughs> what do you think? What is one of your biggest regrets in your career? Oh, defending the Iraq War. That is it. Well, I've had a million regrets, not being more skeptical calling people names when I should have listened to what they were saying. Look, when you when someone makes a claim, there's only one question that's important at the very beginning, which is, is the claim true or not? Mm. So I say, you know, you committed murder or you rigged the last election before you attack me as a crazy person for saying that, maybe you should explain whether you did it or not. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And for too long, I participated in the culture where I was like, anyone who thinks outside these pre-prescribed lanes is crazy, is a conspiracy theorist. And I just really regret that. I'm ashamed that I did that. And, and partly it was age, partly it was the world that I grew up in. So when you when you look at me and you're like, yeah, of course, they're part of the means of control. I'm like, that's obvious to you because you're 28. But I just didn't see it at all, at all. And I'm ashamed of that. Isn't that what the media tries to do, though? It, it's their only purpose. Right. They're not here to inform you. Really? <laughs> Even on the big things that really matter, like the economy and war and COVID and like things that really matter that will affect you. No, their job is not to inform you. They are working for the small group of people who actually run the world. They're their servants. They're their Praetorian guard. And we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it. Like. That is some <laughs> crazy stuff, right? Like, I. <laughs> When I heard him say that, I was like, it is not going to be too long until he is gone uh, yeah. from, from, you know, the, the mainstream media. I think that he that he maybe had a, a, a conscience crisis, you know, in in taking a step back and saying, is what I'm doing? Is this right? And then, you know, his uh, his text messages leaked about how he don't even like Trump. And, um, <laughs> you know, you got all this stuff going going on and and then now here he is no more no more tucker carlson on fox yeah. news i saw babylon b it said fox news fires the only reason that people watch fox news you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. so what are, what are your thoughts on, on you know him getting fired and what we just played 
I just want to appreciate, first of all, the the incredible timeline that we're in, that we're getting hot button news from Full Send Podcast and the Nelk Boys. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> to me, it's like, what world are we even in anymore? This is crazy. But I, I will say this gut, in, gut instinct, gut reaction, knowing what I know about the media business and knowing how things work, the narrative is always um, set by the first person to speak. Mm. Because of that, there's always going to be people playing catch up and we'll tr they'll, they'll try and compensate for it in a different way. Um, so, for example, with this thing, you know, Dominion set the narrative. We're suing Tucker Carlson and Fox News and then Fox News set the narrative. The last person to know was Tucker. So we don't really know what he thinks of this. We don't really know the reasoning behind this. Now, I to me, my, my gut instinct is that Fox News is trying to hedge their bets, trying to avoid losing tons and tons, hemorrhaging tons of money when they're already losing money. And so they're like, look, Tucker, we can put you to the side for a little bit. And Tucker probably gave him the finger and was like, you know what, I, I'm leaving. I've been waiting to leave because the interesting thing about Tucker is he's one of the only like quote unquote boomers that really speaks to these young conservatives, man. Like when he goes to turning point, like uh, I've, I've been in rooms with him where he's spoken. I've been, I've been in places where people know him and young people who are into politics, who love conservatism, love Tucker. They are all about him because he's one of the few people that will say what the people are thinking. And, if he doesn't like Trump as president, cool. You know, I think, I think we've politics has become the sport that that uh, since 2016, probably since the Trump era, where you you just wear your jersey and you don't question the narrative. Mm. And if you if you've been on conservative Twitter in the last six months or so, you'll realize that there's tons and tons of infighting happening now like never before. And I think it's because people are waking up to the fact that there's there's more complicated nuanced things that are going on than we realize. And when, when that questions the overall narrative of like conservatism, good Republican, good Democrat, bad people get all sorts of eer eerie about it because their entire reality is shattering. They're the thing that they've built their identity on for the past six years is shattering this like MAGA pro Trump America first thing. It's it's not as clear cut as people make it seem. And so uh, I think this le Tucker leaving is now another example of that. Well, what's what's happening behind the scenes at Fox News or what's going on with Tucker Carlson that he that he's not even, you know, saying the the actual reasons. Is he going to go on Joe Rogan? All of these things, I think, are are examples of what's been happening in on the right side of the politics for like the last six months. And. I'm very hesitant to make assumptions about it because of the things that I've already been through in my professional life in media. I understand that the narrative that is public is not always the real one. And, and sometimes it's who has the loudest voice gets the final say. And I mean, that's just Internet culture now. I think what you're saying, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. And. Uh, when you were talking about how, you know, when people have their identity wrapped up in this and then they, they realize that it's not essentially not everything that it's made out to be. This is why we need our identity in Christ. We absolutely we cannot put our faith in political figures, our faith in world leaders, our faith in the, the next um, you know, microwave ideology that is that yeah. everyone is has popping off, you know, the, the next fad, the next trend. We, we can't put our 
um, our identity in that. We have to put our identity in Christ and stay rooted in Christ because a lot of people, they'll have their identity in Christ and then something interesting comes up and then their identity shifts yeah. uh, a little bit. And it's like you always got to come back to Christ. When people let you down, you just say, oh, yeah, well, that's people. <laughs> that's <know>? people. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's what's happening to a lot of people on the right because, you know, a lot of people on the right are, are you know, Christian in, in the sense that they like they know who Jesus is and they, you know, they know a little bit about him. Um, they're, they're, and, and Trump I'm, is the second coming, you know. Right. And yeah. Trump is, you know, he's up there. He's up there with Jesus uh, for these people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think what, what ends up happening is they see these like big monumentous figures that are so like they're, they're real people, right? So we can talk to them, we can relate to them, we can see what they're doing now. Whereas, whereas Jesus is the physical embodiment of God, his holiness is unattainable to us. So it may feel at times like some of these political figures are more relatable. We see ourselves in them. We're able to, to follow their every move. They're telling us everything that they think every minute on Twitter. And so people tr start to treat them like idols, and then it becomes hard to put the put everything back into the bag when you know they mess up or something goes wrong. And Christians in particular, I think, should should be well aware that the the idea of human depravity does not stop you know right before celebrities. Like celebrities are not exempt from human depravity, and 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 to me that that's a big eye opener. And and not only. Tucker, but Trump and all these things, um, it's an eye opener as, as far as like how how much we are really willing to put our place in a man or, or a trust in a man rather. And and I think it's something that we definitely have to avoid as we build a relationship with God to make sure like he's the rock that we build our identity on and all this other stuff we can have opinions on, we can discuss, we can be interested in as a hobby. It can be our career if we wanted to. But at the end of the day, who we are is not Republican, is not conservative, is not Democrat, is not anything. Who we are is Christian and the outflow, the overflow of that is, you know, it can lead us to, to vote in one way or another. Um, but it still remains our identity is in Christ. Amen. And to, to piggyback off of what you said about, um, you know, depravity not stopping uh, right before celebrity, I think that celebrity culture is, uh, you know, it can mask depravity, but to people who are truly in Christ, you can see right through the mask and, and you understand that it is actually flooded with some yeah. of the most depraved people to ever exist that would not have made it onto the boat. Hundred percent, man. I, I that's such a that can't be overstated enough because, you know, it, these people live entirely different lives. These people who have you know who are big public figures, they are not tethered to the reality that we're tethered to as people who may live in a suburb or even in the hood, like they're in a different world people are at their beck and call you know ruslan talks about this all the time uh access to excess um these people are have unlimited resources at their fingertips and so their judgment is skewed their morality is skewed the things that they say are skewed because they don't understand what regular life looks like and even if they have grown up regular and amassed some sort of you know fame it's very easy to lose sight of it. You know, like the, the old saying goes, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, what's happening a lot in politics is, is people get power and influence. And now with social media, Donald Trump, we've, we've been able to make politicians sexy. 
pretty much like it's cool to be a politician to run for congress to run for office and all these things and now you get this you get this clout that you never got as a politician before and it becomes even more of this of this huge thing that can really get in the way of not only a relationship with god but other people looking at you like an idol yeah it's it goes um it goes back to when people wanted to be movie stars you know everyone was going to mm -hmm. hollywood and everyone uh, that i grew up around they want to be rappers you know so they're in the <laughs> yeah. studio all, all the time uh then you want to be social media influencers that was that was a wave right now i think the, a big wave is politics, politics. people right. want to be politicians you know you have the celebrity aocs uh, not to single her out, but she's one of the most prevalent, you know, one of the most. She's uh, a star. Let's yeah, be exactly. She's getting invited to the to the Met Gala. And, yep. uh, you know, she's she's 100 percent a star. She's all over, you know, drag queen TV shows. And mm -hmm. and she is so popular. And so what happens is people crave attention they crave importance they want to be validated in their life they don't want to go their whole entire life without ever making something of themselves and if you can if you have an opinion you can be a politician and even yeah. if you don't make it that far just the little bit of attention that you're going to get by saying some slick comments about something that can be enough for somebody and then it creates a, a culture of yeah. of political commentators uh, even if you don't become a politician, you can just be a political commentator your whole entire yeah. life. And that validates you because now you can have the moral high ground on everybody that you disagree with. And that brings up a great uh, point about Tucker, which is the intermingling of commentary with actual political office. Um, that's how power is amassed. Uh, a, pol a political group or, or an ideology and the people who are who are kind of at the helm of that ideology find power or find a community in the people who are in the media who believe like they do and then feed them information to make it public and so there's the there's the classic meme of like a guy standing behind a podium and then a guy in a little bit in front of him with a megaphone pointed in the direction of the crowd like that is the definition of media right now media just takes what the what the the white house wants you to know or the government wants you to know turns around and, and amplifies it to the public. Whereas in the past, what media was, was people sneaking around behind the scenes of the White House and behind the scenes of the government, finding the dirty secrets that nobody wants them to know and blasting it out to the public. That's what it used to be. And so I, th I think like that's where Tucker is kind of coming to this realization of like, oh, I'm not in the industry I thought I was in. I'm really in a branding business. I'm in PR is what I'm in. I'm not, I'm not in anything. Uh, I'm not in anything related to journalism really, because, you know, let's be honest. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tucker has been to the white house. Not only has he been to the white house, he's been to Mar-a-Lago, you know, he's been, he's been to all these places just like AOC has been to, to the white house or, or, Steph Curry has been to the White House like these people all have these connections to each other and they relay each other's ideas in exchange for favors. That's how this all works. And this is kind of a tell all now, but that, that's that's what happens. And if you're not on board, you get cut off either by public slander or, you know, you just get blacklisted and nobody wants to work with you. So it's, it's very much a dark game in politics. So I, I would I would. Tell any Christian that's looking to get into politics, name your price, name the thing that you won't compromise on before you go in and treat it like a missions field. Don't go in there and just think like, I can be friends with these people and they're my colleagues and they're never going to turn their backs. I mean, it's not true. Um, it's a very dark place to be. 
isn't it interesting how um, media originally started, news media and journalism originally started with seeking out the corruption and exposing it. And yeah. now that the media has become the ones covering up the corruption instead of exposing it, when you have, um, you know, independent news sources like Project Veritas or, or like James O'Keefe or like any of these independent news sources that solely focus on exposing the dark side of the government and politics and, and ideologies that are being pushed on our children. Isn't it funny how those are now called like right-wing extremists <laughs> yeah. Yeah. instead of true journalism? That's a, that's a quote James O'Keefe always says. He's uh, he says people always say, "Why are you are you far right?" Because you're always exposing the FBI and you're exposing the White House. And so his retort is always, "Is the FBI far left? Is the White House far left? Is you know Nike far left? Like are all these big corporations, pharma, are they far left? Because if I'm exposing them and you're calling me a right winger, then wouldn't they be considered on the left?" And, and I think that's a, that's a great way to see it because you you see a bigger picture that way. It's beyond Democrat versus Republican. It's like what wants to be hidden versus what is genuine and true. And and when you start slicing things up that way, you paint a very different picture of, of American politics and even global politics. Um, and not to not to sidetrack everything, but a clear example of that is Bukele out in, Sal in El Salvador, who was mm. just like, you know, fundamental human rights cool that's great but if you commit a crime i'm robbing you of your human rights you don't get you don't, you don't get a lawyer you get sent to jail if you want to eat while you're in jail you better cut off all the ties that you have with your gang members because if you find out you're still affiliated and calling jobs we're not going to give you meals and so the your family now has to pay for your meals and so like doing all these things would be out of the it would be extreme here in america but he's prioritizing truth over anything else and i think that's something that doesn't come easy in politics and it, and it gets very muddy, but it's just something that we can look at and say, oh, okay, if this is all negative, then th there is a positive right there. And, and Bukele is that. Yeah. And not to continue being sidetracked, sidetracked, because this is this is something that I'm super interested in. Um, but th it needed it, you know, yeah. uh, El Salvador was like the worst you know murder capital literally uh, yeah literally it was the worst, worst yeah. place that you could be now mm -hmm. they have tourism again they yeah. have the ability to to get outside money coming into their economy um yeah. they're they're able to have their kids in schools without worrying about them being kidnapped it's yeah people may call it extreme but what else do you want we've right. We've allowed it to go on this long. I, I was having a discussion. I would, call, I would call murdering extreme. Yeah, I would say <laughs> you know murdering I mean? extreme is extreme. Uh, kidnapping, trafficking, selling drugs, yeah. all that stuff is pretty extreme too. Um, right. But I was talking to my wife uh, earlier. We were discussing um, God's patience, right? People like mm. to focus on God's wrath when they're complaining about God. Like, oh, why would God you know, kill everybody in a flood? It's like, you do you know how long he waited? He, w <laughs> he waited until every thought in a man's heart was sinful. Every single one was evil. So there was no good thoughts coming out of a, a you know, in a man's head, coming out of them. Wow. There, there, was, there was no good thoughts, right? The Canaanites waited 400 years, 
right? Yeah. Um, people make a big deal about, oh, how could God kill the firstborn of Pharaoh? Those are innocent kids, blah, blah, blah. Forgetting that Gave Pharaoh was... Chances. Yeah, not only that, but Pharaoh was killing the firstborn of all the Israelites so they didn't overpopulate. Wow. So it's, you know, patience is 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 good. Like you want to give people an opportunity to turn things around. You do. But if they are not going to and they are not willing to, and if you as God especially know that they're never going to turn around, what you want to do? Then if, if there's all this evil going on in the world, you know, people will complain. Well, why doesn't God do something about it? Well, because when he does, you complain about it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a great point of view, man. Like, I, I think it's hilarious when people use the critique of, like, the cruel God. You know, we could always go with the, the moral presupposition thing and, and be like, well, what do you mean by cruel? But yeah. it's, it's way easier to point out what you just pointed out, that, like, well, how long do you want him to wait before he punishes things that are obviously bad? Right? Like, it's, yeah. That's great. Man. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, not to put, um, I forget his name, not, definitely not putting him on par with God. That is not what we are doing, <laughs> what we are doing here. Just in case somebody, um, you know, sc screen records this and say, look at John equating president of El Salvador with God. That's not what I'm doing. All I'm saying <laughs> is that you can only be patient for so mm. long, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before you got to do something about it, especially if, it's hurting innocent people. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So with that being said, we've been here for an hour. I think we've covered the topics that we would like to cover. Um, Definitely. You know, Angel, tell them where they can find you. Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram, underscore Angel, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. I'm also on YouTube right here, um, Angel, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. You can go there. I got a bunch of videos. And um, I, I'm, mainly, I'm mainly on Instagram. And if you want to see me be really political and you want to hear my – um, my conspiracy theories and that side of me, uh, you can find me on Twitter, underscore Angel, Q-U-I-R-O-Z. I'm bugging out over there. <laughs> well, now that it's a free, you're, you're allowed to say whatever you want over there. Yeah. You're, good, you're good to go. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be doing another episode of the Why Jesus podcast coming soon. I'm going to have a bunch of cool interviews talking about Things that we've, uh, you know, that we see relevant in the culture today, as well as diving deeper into biblical and theological and philosophical concepts as well. But uh, make sure that you subscribe to Angel's channel, my channel, and the Why Jesus Network as well. God bless, and I'll see you on the next one.